This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Backpacking Bushes podcast. My name is Carl Mandrioli, and I've got a special guest host. With me today is a mountain guide the 46 of 46 podcast host and Hollywood superstar, James Appleton. How's it going today, sir? Hardly a Hollywood superstar, but it's great to be here. Thank you for uh, wanting me to be on your podcast and getting to chat with you about, you know, all things outdoors. I'm pretty stoked on it. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. But okay, if you're not a Hollywood superstar, you're you're on strike right now. You got the, the writers slash actors strike going on, right? Well, I am not on strike. So okay. I am... Uh, I am a boom operator by trade. So I am a sound guy and audio guy for movies and television shows. So I swing the microphone on the big giant boomstick. Okay. Um, but because of the screen actors being on strike, so therefore there's no, if they're on strike, there's no shows, there's no movies, there's no TV shows. So there's no work. So we're, so I'm not on strike. We're just like the collateral damage to this. Fair strike. enough. Okay. Yeah, the Union Cruise. Um, I was right. on a TV show um, that shut down because obviously we're, there's no actors to act right now. So hopefully this all gets solved soon and uh, we can all get back to work because, I mean, there is just tens of thousands of people that aren't working now because right. of this. So it's and a it's What are we going to watch? Like there's all these shows that like upcoming, we're not going to have TV to watch. We're going to have to like oh. listen to podcasts and stuff. Dude, there's there we don't we could stop the industry right now. There is enough <laughs> content for the rest okay. of enough content for the rest of society. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Because, I mean like have you ever, you know, you go on Netflix, you go on Hulu, you're like there's so many shows I don't know what to watch. That's what happens. No one knows what to watch cuz there's too much. Wait, what show do you do you work on currently? Uh, so I just finished on the show called The Penguin, which okay. is this HBO Max show that will come out, um, I don't know, sometime. Okay. About uh, the penguin from Batman. It's like his kind of story. Oh, okay. That was not my guess. I, I was thinking like the real housewives of Buffalo or something. 
Oh no, God! Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I was on that show for HBO, and then I and then I had started a show, another HBO show called Pretty Little Liars, which okay. uh, you know it's kind of like a show for teenage girls. It's not not really my demographic of program, but that's what I was on when we shut down. Yeah, yeah, and I and looking into it a little bit, I know that there's one of their complaints seems pretty legit. Oh, they're all they legit. Do, you know, like. Yeah, AI. Well, I don't. I don't know all their claims. Yeah. I just saw the one about the like AI generated likenesses of themselves, like where they they could actually generate like a full, uh, you know, like the actor in a different movie, but that they didn't actually act, and they're just going to generate the, you know, the yeah, body scary. and the voice and all that stuff, and not give them any credit for that. And I just thought, yeah, that the whole that thing seem... with AI is a huge part of the. Dec- I mean, we're we're like all about Hollywood right now in this conversation, but it's funny. That's it's right. funny that's how we're, we're talking about, but it's. Just to get it out there, so most people don't know, they have this idea that AI is like the f- future, even though AI I think is the future of the downfall of society. Personally, this is it's right because the Terminator. Yeah, we've all seen it in movies, ironically. <laughs> but like, yeah, they're talking about they're talking about it with background actors too, which is crazy that the producers would have the audacity to offer in negotiations with the Screen Actors Guild, hey, so here's what we're going to do with background actors, which is, I mean, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dues paying members of SAG who their career, their background actors, that is a line of work. Um, It's like, here's what they'll do. They'll just come in one single time, we'll scan their whole body, and then we'll have their likeness in perpetuity to digitally place into shows and movies forever so they'll get one day of pay and then they'll be out of a job like you won't you'll have to find a different career so it's but they'll keep using them they just won't won't be be paid they won't like compensated yeah they'll just be paid for a single day of work to get scanned but it's like why would you ever think the screen actors guild who makes money off of these people would say yeah that's a good idea because then they're not going to be in sag anymore they're just going to be like i got to find a new career so it just it's weird like the whole the whole thing is kind of bizarre but then the writers are like oh no the, the studios you can't start using ai scripts and then the studios though are like well you writers can't start using ai to write your scripts that you submit to us and get paid <laughs> you know thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars thing but yeah it's it's a mess the film industry is a mess um but uh, hopefully that gets solved sh- shortly and then we can go back to work but i'm home for the summer getting outdoors all the time yes yeah, so that's and some, some there learning. is yeah so, you know, it's like if I had to be, if work had to be cut short, why not have it right in the smack <laughs> of the middle summer. of the summer, you know? <laughs> okay. I got a question for you. Like, I, okay. Last Hollywood thought here. So yeah. what's worse? So you, so you got the, the actors getting taken advantage of, you got the potential for the AI to be writing scripts and stuff. Um, or like, let's go old school. Back in the day when I was in my twenties, I was like, I don't know, an aspiring script writer. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote some scripts and I submitted them to contests, which was big at the time mm-hmm. and nothing happened from the contests. But a few years after releasing some, some of these scripts into kind of the, you know, the, whatever contests I was submitting them to, then like movies and TV shows started getting made with very similar names and very similar plots. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like one of mine was called like the Lazarus plot. And there was a movie called The Lazarus Project. Now there's a TV series called The Lazarus Project. And it's the same genre with some similar stuff going on there. So mm. it, did did I get taken mm. it? Should I like- Did you get had? Strike? Yeah. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. I mean, I have no idea. Uh, but I've never submitted for any, I've never submitted anything I've written for anything like that. But I, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there is fine print on all of those contest submissions oh, that they sure. own they own your script. Um, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me in, yeah. for one second that that's... It's, hey, it's that not too late to big. join the contest. Sounds like you got a script ready to go from yeah, uh, ChatGPT, right? I got to start using <laughs> them now before they, you know, they outlaw them. Right. All right. All right. Enough of the Hollywood stuff. That I, I find it interesting, but um, yeah, you sure. are you're not sure. only a Hollywood superstar. You're part of or you're the host of the 46 of 46 podcast. So what what is that podcast for those of us who haven't heard of it? Sure. So the 4646 podcast, it's an outdoor show, but it's it revolves around the Adirondack Park, which is the largest uh, protected wilderness in the United States of America. Most people don't know that it's in that. the state of Colorado. Just kidding. It is in New York <laughs> state. Most people think of New York as, you know, New York City and rightfully right. so. But uh, yeah, this is a six million acre state park that is comprised of public and private land, thousands of mountains lakes, rivers. Um, it is just an outdoors mecca paradise, okay. really. So my podcast is basically just kind of, it chronicles my adventures here in this outdoors paradise. That is, you know, it's a hot, hot place to be. Um, because of where it's located here in the Northeast, it is a one day drive from 60 million Americans and Canadians. So it's like a really popular destination in terms of like outdoors of any kind if you're in the Northeast. If you're outside the Northeast, many people have never mm. heard of it and that's cool, that's fine. Um, it's larger than Yellowstone, Yosemite, the Everglades, um, Smoky Mountain National Park and the Grand Canyon National Parks combined. Wow. So all of those plus more can fit inside the Adirondack Park to give you kind of a visual for the size of this just completely rugged wilderness. And it's public and private land, so like, people there's towns in the mountains and so it's it's a pretty freaking great place to live because you're just so close to everything right. um, mountains rivers lakes uh you know fishing swimming hunting hiking paddling mountain biking mountain biking's become gigantic it's trails yeah. everywhere now so it's like it's a pretty great spot so my podcast is me just letting the adirondack park be the star of the show um, not me. It's just me kind of, I chronicle my, my adventures out there so that other people listening to the show, you know, like they're sitting in their car, you know, in traffic, going to work in the morning, they can listen to my podcast, which as a film person, as you guys know, I'm a film guy. So I go kind of above and beyond with the sound design in the show, you know, with sound effects and, and right, you know, right. sounds and making you feel like you're on the trail with me. And then I cut mm -hmm. back and forth in a documentary style from like my narrative um, descriptions of what I'm doing, what my day is entailing, and then some live recordings there. So you can just kind of basically, I just wanted you to feel like you're actually out in the woods. So that's kind of the point. And then I have other episodes kind of like you and I talking right here called Summit Sessions that those are where we talk about issues, talk about subjects, talk about you know, any sort of thing that, but it all reverts back to the Adirondack park and the outdoors world there. Um, because again, and, for, and when you say 46 and 46, just to clarify, like oh, that's sure. referring to the 46 peaks. Yes. Of Adirondack. Sorry. I should have said that. Um, so there's the 46 high peaks. Um, there are 46 mountains over 4,000 feet elevation, okay. um, which might not seem like a lot for most people out West, but that's what we got up in the Northeast. They're rugged. These mountains, uh, and basically there's 46 high peaks. So if you climb all 46, you become an Adirondack 46er. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that's how the name originated. But there's, I mean, there's thousands of mountains. There's, those are just like the tallest, the 46 right. tallest. Okay, so one of the one of the episodes you put out recently, I think it's three or four episodes back at this point, was about trail etiquette. I think it was called like Trail Etiquette 101. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I saw the episode and I have <laughs> to ask about it because when I saw it, I just thought, what inspires somebody to put out an episode like this? Surely they've had some sort of like recent encounters with people who are doing the opposite mm-hmm. of having appropriate trail etiquette. Maybe they are, you know, whether it's littering on the trail, maybe maybe they're just, you know, like out of my way, or maybe they're like straight up trail villains. Like, is this some sort of like a coping mechanism episode or, or what's the inspiration behind it? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's really just, you know, I was thinking to myself, like what's coming up? Summer's coming up. Summer's a big hiking, hiking time. So people will be out and about. Um, and it's an episode I've wanted to do for a while because I have this, I mean, I'll say it on different podcasts or different episodes, but just like, I'm, I want to set people up for a, a successful time when they come, come to the ADK. So like, for example, you know, if you have a bad time in the outdoors, you don't have fun, you don't have a good time, it's not enjoyable, you're probably not going to do it again. And then you're probably not going to be much of an advocate for the outdoors. So in that same regard, I want those same things to happen in the Adirondacks when you people are coming up, because as I mentioned, you know, one day drive from 60 million people were a few hours from New York City, a few hours from Boston, a few hours from Philadelphia, you know, you're just, you're in a good spot in that regard. So you get a lot of people that have never been outdoors. They just haven't. Right. And you're on a long drive. So many people find my podcast because they're driving up to the park to hike. So it's like, I was like, all right, let's educate and entertain, uh, and, you know, try to set people off on the right foot. So there wasn't a specific, like encounter that I was like, I need to do an episode about this, but it's just the same. I mean, you, it's the same old thing. So in the episode, you know, I, I touched on the same old pain points. I see just time and time again out there. <laughs> pain points. I yeah. Like so I was like, all right, let's do an episode. And of course, you know, once you put that episode out, you're like, oh, why didn't I talk about this? Oh, why didn't I talk about that? Oh, I can't believe I forgot this. This is such a, you know, right. but like in general, it's a good yeah. jumping off point for people. Like if you've never hiked, You've never really spent time outdoors. You probably don't even know that there is a, you know, a trail etiquette or proper, you know, way of doing things. And well, now you do it's life or death out there. And that's why people die here in this park every year because they're just not prepared or they just don't know, or they don't take it seriously. You're like, Oh, some, you know, dude from New York, you're like, I can handle that. And you get up here and you're just like, you are in so much trouble so quickly because you overestimate mm-hmm. what you can do or what you have or what you know what to do. Right. So in general, I was like, all right, let's do a quick one-on-one trail etiquette episode to kick off the summer hiking season. Okay. I like it. And if you want to go next level, we, yeah, we put an episode, I think it's been like a year and a half now, but it was like how to have a showdown with trail villains, which is like, if Ooh, you come across the idea. people that are struggling with the trail etiquette and don't care. Um, I actually just recently had a showdown, like a shouting match with a mountain biker I'm like one of the friendlier guys on the trail, so for it to devolve to that's a pretty like he was just looking for uh-huh. to pick a fight. But that's um, actually a yeah, fascinating least, thing. I'm going to write that down. It's a great it's a great response to that episode. <laughs> yeah, and, and when we say showdown, we're not like looking yeah, of to course. fight people. We're just looking to to yeah to uh, communicate with love and respect in a way that's going to hopefully inspire change with behavior. Mm-hmm. But so this episode though with. Like all that said, you, you obviously have a strong background in the mountains and in your local area and just in mountain climbing in general. So we've got, I'm, I'm kind of billing this as like, you're the mountain guide. You've got a lot of experience and you've got your tips, your secrets, whatever you want to call them 
to how to like, you know, go to mountain peaks, how to travel in the mountains in general and not die. So, so what's your mm. first tip? So, okay, you mm. got three tips. I got one tip for you and you can tell me you like it or not, but I'll, I'll let you share your first. So All what's right. tip number one? So is this tip number one to like successfully get to the summit or is it to not die? Cause those are actually very different. To make it to the summit. For, okay. Well, cause to not die in the mountains becomes a very much more of a, how prepared are you? What do you know? Did you do your homework? Do you know how to, do you know, emergency situations, you know how to get out, you know how to help yourself versus getting to the summit. is kind of a different world. Yeah. I'm not, it's not a survival. That's episode, what I figured. So we're not trying to just, okay. yeah. So, so just get, yeah. But I mean, really, if you want to say like, well, if you don't want to die and then don't go to the summit, just like turn around and hmm. go back to your car. Well, if you don't want to, at that point, you're not risking. We'll anything. just, we'll just skim over and say, if you don't want to die, do your homework before you go. Do not trust the weather you see on weather forecasts. Just bring the stuff you need to know, or you need, you probably need. And yeah, just do your, do your freaking homework because there's so much to know okay. before you go in those mountains and, Anything can happen. The mountains, they do not care about you. They don't care about your feelings. They don't care about what you've done in the past. They will, you disrespect them and you will be put in your place. So it's good to, you know, respect the mountains and by being, doing your due diligence, having the appropriate equipment. But these are all things we all know. We have the appropriate gear, do your homework, have your paper map. Don't just rely mm. on a GPS on your phone, even though a GPS in your phone is an amazing tool and they do more good than bad, but sometimes they do do bad. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes they, they make people a little more, uh, confident than they should be. And then boop drops in the drops in the puddle and okay. now you're in trouble. But so that's your not, that's your don't die speech. But, uh, yeah. So for three tips for so do your homework is a tip, right? Do your homework is a tip. But those are, that was my just quick kind of run through letting it rip versus I have the, <laughs> the actual tips I wrote down that we want okay. were about getting to the summit. Cause I thought okay. that's what we were. Uh, well, let me talk about that first tip. So that's we'll, we'll call that a bonus tip. All right. So, cause doing your homework is actually, it sounds great, but I think it's actually harder to do than it comes across. So when you're talking about specifically trail conditions, mm -hmm. if I show up to ranger stations, we've chronicled a number of times where the rangers are, are straight up giving us like, like really bad information. And it's just out, it's typically just outdated information. So for example, uh, going to Glacier National Park, we had a ranger tell us like, hey, where you're going, it's like super sketchy. You will need snowshoes. Mm -hmm. You need to go back into town, spend the cash to rent the snowshoes, spend the five pounds a piece to carry the snowshoes and go up and over this, this pass called Stony Indian Pass. And I was like, it's been hot all July. Is that, is that real? And so I was kind of doubting the Ranger Intel based on previous years of experience of bad Ranger Intel. So we skipped the snowshoes. We climbed the pass. There's no snow. Where do you get your intel? I guess is, is a long way of asking that question. So when I say do your homework, what I'm saying is actually look at the trail, look at the map, have the map, figure out, okay, so here's where I'm going to start. Here's where I'm going. What are other trails that you're going to pass throughout there? What are landmarks that you can start to memorize and start to think about, start to learn like, oh, you know, this, this will be a mile and a half until I'll hit this lake on the left. Then I'll know, okay, I'm going to be taking a right at this next junction. Like these are things to start to do as opposed to getting to a mountain, getting to a trail and assuming there will be signs. Mm. There are sometimes signs most places there are not signs. Sometimes you'll get signs, right. but there's not, you know, to think that that's, there's always going to be a sign saying, you know, like, let's say you're climbing, you know, Mount Joe Schmo in 
you know, wherever you are and thinking that there's going to be signs at every trail junction, which way it's going to go. That's just completely not true. It's just not how it's going to be. Okay. So that's when I say do your homework. And the homework also involves is checking the weather. What is your day going to be? Is it going to be, is it going to snow? Is it going to be, there's going to be snow up high and not snow down low, depending what time of year it is, where you are, just like you were talking about. Um, is there going to be, you know, rain in the forecast? Does it, do we, what do you need? Are you, you know, how long is the hike? Is this going to be a six hour day? Is this going to be a 16 hour day? You could always ask people, Hey, who's been to X mountain or who's climbed, hiked X trail today, today. And you could just ask a question and nine times out of 10 these days, you'll get a response of some kind Mm -hmm. that will help you. So you can do your homework there too. So Facebook can solve the problem of lying rangers apparently. So you got a community out there with maybe more recent trail intel. So I like that. I mean, depending who, uh, who, who has been there recently, but also like, I mean, you know, as far as the Rangers go, I personally would tend to take their information as truth, I guess. Like I would, because I would just kind of assume they know, but I guess, you know, we can all, sometimes Rangers also have an, sometimes Rangers also have an agenda because they don't want people up high (laughs) because they don't want to deal with it. And, you know, that's a different kind of conversation, but for sure. In general, I'll take. I'll take the rangers that are on the trail. I'll take their information, but the rangers at the stations that have just been kind of hanging around mm-hmm. with getting some information kind of trickling in. Um, I I haven't. I can't. I can't remember a time mm-hmm. when we got like a hundred percent accurate information, and so we've gotten some misleading information. Where I mean, even to the point where it's like we had, there was like a road closed one time, and so we had to reroute and start from a completely different trailhead. Or some people just walk the road, I guess. But it was just mm-hmm. like that was a, that was something they should have known about. But yeah, <laughs> now we're getting in my baggage. That's not what this episode's about. So okay, let's let's jump to the so, okay climbing the mountain peaks, whether it's in the Adirondacks or elsewhere. Uh, what's so your tip to, number one? What you got? I wrote for tip number one to get to the top of the mountain. Like that's the goal. That's the agenda. Uh, find your pace. Find what your pace is, so that you never need to stop. Uh, I find. When you go as fast mm. as you can go, but slow enough that you can maintain the entire day, that's what you should always climb at. That's what you should always hike at because you'll see people go too fast and then they kind of burn out. You'll see people constantly needing to stop. And then the days take longer because you don't realize your, you know, your, your four stops that you had going, you know, eight miles up was a half hour per stop. Oh, well, shoot, that ended up, that adds up right. quickly. Cause you know, you, you take your pack off, you know, if you're in, the, if it's the winter, you're going to put your bundles on, you know, it's like, there's a lot of different, t- there's a lot of stuff that takes time. So I'm a big advocate for find your pace, which is as fast as you can go, but as slow as it needs to be. So you can maintain it all day with never needing to stop. Yeah. If I could figure out a way to get the guys that I go with to do that, that, that would be like gold mm-hmm. standard right there. So I feel like there's, yeah, cattle prodding going like, come on, like we're a mile in. Can we, can we go a little farther before we take mm. a rest break here? But, um, it sounds like you might be against like the sit pad. The sit pad is like a common backpacking tool. Now I'm seeing a lot of folks bring where it's like a, you know, like they're going to take like not a full on mm-hmm. lunch break, but enough of a stop where they're pulling out the sit pad to sit down. I have a pad. Yeah, I always have one in my backpack. It's like a sit pad. Yeah. Okay. Like a little, like uh, you know, like a Thermarest Z pad. That yeah. Does, That's the opposite yeah. of what you're saying, though. You're saying don't stop, and you're saying use a sit pad to stop. Right? Those are two different. 
what am I going to sit down on when I get to the summit? Um, I hey, if you if the summit's a big moment, bad? then that's when I have like the backpacking chair. I'd rather if I'm going to sit down, I want to oh. have the foot. Like if I'm going to if I'm willing to sit down for more than a minute, then I'm going to pull out the chair at that point. So this is a, oh, this gotcha. Is a, so yeah. no. <laughs> Different style of ba- different style of climbing and backpacking. So no, I mean I like I said, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in like find that pace so you don't have to stop. Um, I always have a pad because depending where you're going to sit down, where you, where you are going to, you know, if you are going to take the pack off to grab some food or you are going to sit down, sometimes that's what happens. But in general, you know, you stop one stop is easier than four or five, and most people stop way oh, too yeah. much. They just do from guiding people, from hiking with people. It's like stop stopping so much let's just keep going get yourself uh you know a bladder be able to grab tell someone to grab your water out of your side and hand it to you whatever have some snacks in your pat in your pockets whatever uh just stop are you you actually like scolding the client are you like hey hey this is your third stop here we're we're 10 minutes in actually i get into their face where like you know our faces (laughs) are just like really close and our noses just kind of gently touch every so often and i ask them why are you here do you know who i am this is a hiking trip not a sitting trip yeah exactly (laughs) do you think we're gonna get to the mountain by top of the mountain by sitting here tell me no uh no but that's that's what i that's what i found but yeah no i I have a little thermorest butt pad because you know when i'm on the summit that's where i'm to sit down and enjoy a sandwich and take in the view and hang out for a minute and yeah. uh you know sometimes i don't want to sit on a wet log if that's where we are or where right. anytime you're going to sit down so rather be able to sit on something dry so there's more uses than just the old uh mid hike snack mid hike snack break i also feel like when you stop that if physically it actually i feel like it doesn't do you justice because to kind of get the wheels back going again and rolling and moving you know it it uh I feel like it's harder than than just finding that pace and letting it go. No, it's like a five. I think it's after five minutes of sitting, your muscles like kind of tighten up or cool mm-hmm. down, and oh, you yeah, have to warm them up. I think it's the five minute mark. Is I've read that somewhere a long time ago. I don't know if that's still true, but no, it sounds correct. And I, I feel like exactly what you're saying that that right. see, that's that's a real thing, and I you know, I see it all the time. Right. So another sure. another reason why I feel sit or keep keep moving instead of uh, stopping. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That's number one. Number uh-huh. two, what you got? Number two, eat before you need to eat. So a eat lot when of you're full. Yeah, before you feel like you need some food. Doesn't okay. it's because once you start to get to that point where your stomach's growling or you need food or you're unfortunately, hopefully not dehydrated, mm-hmm. getting back to getting back to being like, you know, in a good situation is tough. And sometimes it is too late, especially with dehydration. Now you're in trouble. Now you got to do a whole bunch of different other things. And so by, it's like, if you're climbing up, you're like, I'm not that hungry. I haven't eaten in the last hour. Okay. I'm still going to grab something and just fire it in. Get a hundred, get a hundred calories and you get something in you. And if you do that throughout the day, you'll never actually be hungry. And guess what? Your body will perform so much better than you anticipated and than you expected because it was always properly fueled. And that's, protein, fats, carbs, all of it. Um, right. You know, whatever, whatever it is you find yourself wanting to eat. But, uh, to Those me, honey center waffles are good for like the hundred calorie. Like they're not too heavy, but they're mm-hmm. substantial enough where they're going to give you some quick energy. So I like those for that. I'm an M and M's guy. I like to like okay. kind of snack on M and M's. Like peanut M and M's or yeah, like which peanut, okay. peanut M and M's. Yep. And then in yeah. the winter time, 
I like to get the peanut butter M&Ms because mm. they end up freezing in your pack. And right. man, th those things hit hard when you're climbing <laughs> up in the winter. You just pop a couple of those. Like they're right. they're like crunchy, but just the right amount of crunch. It's not like break your teeth crunch or anything like that. It's ah, those peanut butter M&Ms are great. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, when you eat before you need to, you're just you're gonna you're gonna function better, and when you function better, you have a more enjoyable day, and that's yeah. That's you don't have the energy work. crash. I mean, yeah. like most packs these days, if you're going for day hikes, they have like the the pockets, like you know, right on the straps. Yep. Or the backpacks have the. I mean, almost every backpack now has them right on the hip belt. That's where this. You know, that's what the snacks are for. So yeah, that's what and, the pockets are for. Yeah, and when you do that, it's like, wouldn't you wouldn't you rather set yourself up for a better day than than saying, I'm not hungry, I don't want to eat? No, just right. eat. It'll be better. Yeah. Um, yep. That said, exactly. you know, eating substance too on the trail helps. Like, I'm a big guy with, I enjoy eating one sandwich for every mm -hmm. summit that I'm on on the top on that day. So if I'm climbing three, four different summits, I'll have a little, you know, PB and J or something on each summit. And that to me is like a really nice amount of substance and fuel that just like keeps, keeps me hammering. And, uh, you know, again, the, when you, I'd rather, and sometimes I don't eat all of them. Sometimes I might not have a sandwich on this one, but I always pack that because I'd rather have it than not need it than need it and not have it, especially out there. And I can't even tell you how many times I've given a sandwich to somebody on a mountain that like did not have enough food. <laughs> so here you go. Here's my sandwich. Here's a, well, here's one of my, here's one of four sandwiches I have right. in my backpack. Let me help you out with a, you know, quick 400 calories. James, I'm not so sure that a sandwich cuts it for celebrating climbing a peak. Like you made it to the top. Mm -hmm. You're there. What's your celebration? I'm going to pull out my sit pad and eat a sandwich. Like yeah. there's gotta be something, there's gotta be a better option than that. Like a Snickers bar or something, right? Oh, brother Carl. I haven't, that's not, that's just one item that I'm eating when I'm okay. up there. Uh, no, yeah, like a I, lunch sack full of, full of goodies. I'm a six foot, 215 pound guy. I'm going to eat some food when I'm at the top of that mountain. You can, <laughs> I can assure you of that. Um, okay. but, uh, no, so I always have the sandwich for the summit, um, in the summertime chips. And let me tell you how hard salt and vinegar chips hit when you're like sweaty and on top mm. of a mountain. Whoa incredible because yeah. you get that salt you need that crunch and the salt actually is good it's what your body needs you can't right. just drink water and not have salt right um so i have that and then yes snickers bars are just an absolute must for me in my pack at all times i'll always have if i'm in the high peaks where it's like you know it's going to be a i don't know anywhere from a 15 to 20 22 mile day um, I'll always have a couple of, couple of, a couple of king size Snickers in there too. King size. All right. I like because it. I mean, and again, they don't always get eaten, but sometimes they do. And if they don't get eaten, sometimes you snag one when you get back to the car and that hits really hard too. Yeah. Reward. Yeah. How good is eating when you're on the trail though? I mean, it's just, <laughs> man, it's a great excuse to just, as I always say, the, uh, calories don't count when you're on the trail. So just yeah, hammer home sure. and enjoy yourself. But, uh. I've been putting a lot of miles in the summer, I'll be honest. And um, so when I'm out for a longer day and I'm trying to be efficient and I'm trying not to stop, just like what mm -hmm. you're saying. So, so I find that I'm obviously going slower on the uphills. And so I'll pull things out on the uphills and it's not as enjoyable as I'm grinding away to kind of like, you know, mash through something. Mm -hmm. So I've been going with a lot of the chews and like, you know, whether it's like the goo yep. chews or the cliff shoes and stuff. And so there's a better, but... I think that, I think that's what I've, I'm talking about. Like you get to the summit, 
that's when you're pausing. That's when you really want to just kind of savor the, the moment and savor the food as well. Yeah, so. that's when you're going to have your meal. Because okay. I'm going to have my snacks yeah. going up just like anyone. I might slam a goo or, yeah, just so you said, have shot blocks, um, M&M, M&Ms, right. that sort of thing. That's what I like when you're – and that's another thing. It's like when you're climbing up, you don't need to stop. You just have these little finger foods that just kind right. of keep you going, keep you know 100 calories per hour in, and then you're just going to keep keep rocking and rolling. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I like it. All right. That's tip number two. So final tip, climbing a mountain. The final tip for me, from what I see from people for climbing a mountain is to keep your health at a top prime priority in your life before you get to the trail. So the Mm. amount, so like when, you know, when people work, you know, they make their physical health a huge part of their life. They get to the mountain confident, like, yeah, I will make it up this. It's going to be hard, but I'm going to get there. And then the people who just like, they're so out of shape. They, 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 they haven't been going to the gym or doing anything for themselves for some reason. I don't know why this is. You wouldn't believe the amount of people that think I haven't been to the gym in a year. I could climb this mountain. And it's like, we turn around <laughs> real quick. And it's like, I don't know what to right. tell you. You, you, you know? Right. So I, I think that that's a huge component of the, the equation for getting up to the mountain is whether you're climbing mountains or not, you know, I'm blessed to live in a place where I could be in a summit that would make you go, wow, in 20 minutes from this very minute, if I leave, drive mm. over here and just start running up, like unbelievable views really quickly. So I'm like, I'm very blessed. Yeah. I, I live smack in the mountains. Most people don't, most people don't. Right. So, but there's still things that you can do that translate to preparing yourself. So you're in shape. So the right muscles mm-hmm. can handle it. You know, you train your, you know, people think if I'm hiking, I should probably train my heart and go running. It's like, yeah, that's one part of the equation, but what about your quads? What about your glutes, your butt? What about your back? Mm-hmm. Holding a backpack is really hard when you're not used to doing it and you have 30 pounds in your back for the next 15 hours, 12 hours, six right. hours, whatever, you know, even four hours. It's like in when in everyday life, unless you're a soldier, would you ever have a backpack with that on for four hours even? So it's like, these are things yeah. you need to think about before you go. And when you do, and you prioritize them and you kind of make them a part of your life, you have a much, much better, much better time, much more enjoyable experience out in the outdoors. So I think that's my third tip. I think I know where you're going with this. I think, yeah, so some people will devote time specifically to working out or to training and, and hitting the muscle groups or hitting the cardio, whatever. But sometimes you can incorporate the training into your daily life. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you're going with like, you would suggest wearing a weighted backpack to the grocery store. Hmm. Hour of shopping, hour of walking around with a pack at the same time. Yeah, I'm not against it. Uh, uh, funny enough, <laughs> okay. before we did this podcast episode uh, earlier this morning, I mowed my lawn, and I always wear a 50 pound weight vest when I mow my lawn. Yes, so it's yes, like that is awesome. So it's that's exactly what I'm talking it's about. It's not it's not okay. far fetched, but you know, you take that to the grocery store though, and people are going to give you those weird looks and be like, "This guy," they'll think it's a bulletproof vest, and I'm going to shoot the place up. The, yeah, I just put like a regular like yeah, a, a school uh, backpack with some yeah, weight plates sure. in the backs. So. So I'm not swinging it around, knocking like bananas off yeah, the shelves. Yeah, that's good. There's a there's this current, you know, kind of, I guess we'll call it a trend because I think it's going to die called rucking. And, oh, uh, yeah. I oh, yeah. personally, can I just can I just vent to you about this concept real quick? You don't like I, it. I hate that there's a name for it. It's like, okay. dude, all you, you're throwing a heavy backpack on and walking. Does it really need a name? Or do we need to pretend that this is like, 
a specific it's like it's like a it's just so obnoxious to me and they're people are swearing by this when in reality you're just putting on a heavy backpack and walking do we really need to call it something do we really and do we need to try to make it okay, this what, like what, what would you what would you call it like heavy backpack walking I just, or no um, you're just walking with a backpack on fixed there you go okay. but we got to call it rucking and make it this thing and yeah. now you see like people on social media selling rucking programs and all oh, this yeah. stuff and it's like god people we're just this is the same it's the, kind of the same thing that i have when people have this kind of or about them and this George, this just like yeah. holier than thou element about them when they're like, I'm a big hiker. I climb mountains. What do you do? And it's like, dude, <laughs> you walk, you're walking uphill. Like, let's just like chill out for a second. You're let's, let's call it what it is. You're walking in an, on a slope. Like you're not better than anybody yeah. else. So let's stop that. But that, that's kind well, of like, I definitely not better than anybody yeah. else. And I never want to come across that way, but I'm still proud of myself for walking up. As you should be. So. No, you should be proud. <laughs> but I'm there's, there's like a, it's more of like a social media, like, let me beat my chest kind of thing to show yeah, you. It's yeah, like, to me, it's like, that's when people need to say, like, yo, chill, dude, you're just walking uphill. It's okay. It's great right. that you're doing it, but let's, let's check our attitudes and our egos at the door and just, you know, okay. be, be relaxed right. and chill. I mean, that's what I like. James says, don't ruck. Just, just walk with a heavy pack on. Yeah. Don't just don't call it your lawn and go to the grocery store. All that, all that stuff. Just don't call (laughs) it rucking. We have some folks that ruck that are part of the show that, uh, or not. They stopped listening. Listen to the show. They stopped listening now. They did. They're not going (laughs) to, they're not going to listen to your podcast now. Um, and I did have somebody, we had like a former, I don't know how to describe this person, a former sponsor reach out who is developing a new product specifically for rucking. What is it? You're putting stuff in a backpack. No, it was like certain straps to like more easily grab the pack or to hold, it, I think over your, I don't know. I'm not a rucker, oh, but um, it's, anyway, it's so he's like, he's asking my opinion on it, which is weird because nobody usually values my opinion anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask about this. So, so if he asks again, I'll, I'll send him your way. Yes. Yeah, send him my way. I'm going to say, <laughs> here's the problem with your business. Right. We're going to sell something else. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> You need to oh, go out of business God. and um, undo your No, I don't want to go out of business. I just want to sell something Fair else. Fair enough. Okay. Or like, let's let's just stop calling it rocking. Can you just call your product walking with a backpack on? That's so Can funny. you just call it that? We'll just okay. make it one word. I will. Okay. So one thing, one complaint that I have about a lot of the content providers out there is that mm-hmm. a lot of them go very vanilla and don't have strong opinions about anything. So kudos to you. You're standing behind your belief, whether people agree with it or not. I mean, it's like, you know, you're, you're never going to be for everybody. And if you are, you're exactly, as you said, you're going to be a little too vanilla, but that's fine. We all kind of do our thing. No, like if there's a bad company that are putting out bad products, I, I'm not afraid to call them out, but I, I just learned that a lot of the YouTubers don't want to burn any bridges because they might make affiliate deals with mm-hmm. them. And so they, they typically just don't, they stay away from those products. And I'm like, no, I think it's important to know that there's some junk stuff out there. So sure. anyway. So that's a side note. I, okay, I got one tip, and this is not mm-hmm. specific to climbing mountains, but it could definitely relate to that. And I, I tried to tailor it to, this is more common, I think, in your literally neck of the woods or the East mm-hmm. Coast, Appalachian Mountains. And that is the concept of um, people that get lost. And specifically people that get lost because they leave the trail to go to the bathroom. Mm. So you'd be surprised at how many people like never are never found yeah. because no, they've left the trail. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so my tip um, for doing this, especially if you're in a, in a like a heavily wooded area, whether it's you know like I said the Appalachian Trail, maybe you're going to Olympic National Park, maybe you're just somebody who's really like I want to be away away from the trail. I want some serious privacy for you know going number two, whatever. And so a couple a couple thoughts I have 
on this are if you're get, getting off trail, like it's very easy to lose your bearings, especially once you go to the bathroom, you're focusing on the task itself. So mm-hmm. you use a stick and make some sort of arrow or marking in the ground where you know the direction that you generally came from. So that you can just kind of put that down before you go. You get that there. And then I frequently will leave my pack on the trail and um, assuming your pack's not like camouflage, that way there's some sort of, you know, brightly colored thing that you can look for as you're kind of recalibrating, getting back to the trail. Those are my, like, I just thought about this as I was off the trail tips from uh, this past week. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, I like that, especially where you're talking about with the, like, in the Northeast, like, you know, the the mountains, they look very different on the East Coast and in the Northeast than they do out West, obviously. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't see where you're going. Um, and that's actually, it's, it's a really good tip. And I actually tell people, cause you know, the leave no trace principle when you're going is to go 200 feet off trail. Right. Uh, and I always tell people like, that's too, that's too far here right. because you're putting your, you're setting yourself up in a whole other, uh, boat of problems now mm-hmm. because it's so thick. And especially here, like, I mean, sometimes you can't see 10 feet, you know, to this, through the woods, through the trail. It's just so right, thick right. here. Um, so I think that that's a, you know, it's, you got to take it with a grain of salt and just go, you know, just kind of, I tell people go away from the trail, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, use your judgment, but you know, don't be going, don't go 10 feet from the trail. Go like, you know, go away. If you go 50, 75 feet, like, okay, that, you know, you, you'll, sometimes you couldn't see anything if you're that far away. Right. But I've, I've found that to be the issue and I've had, and the reason I kind of, started telling people that is exactly what you're what you why you said the tip because people get they lost they get they lose their bearings they don't know how to get back and what i actually do when i actually go far like that i do a similar thing i'll put my backpack down uh uh, i'll put my backpack down like maybe maybe like 20 yards from the trail where like if i'm at my backpack i can see the trail Mm. so i'll know i'll know at that point like okay if i get Mm. to my backpack when I drop this here, I could see the trail. So I'll be, I'll know at that point. It just, it does the same tactic you're doing. It just buys me an extra little bit. But then when okay. I'm, when I'm in the woods taking care of my business, I actually, the, which direction I just walked from, like, let's say that I passed a, let's say a, a birch tree. I'll just like keep saying to myself, yeah, that birch tree, birch that, tree, okay. birch tree. And I'll just landmarks, keep saying, yeah. yeah, just doing the, the old landmark thing. Right. Um, which, and it's the same exact thing you just said. It's the direction that I stopped. Mm-hmm. So like, so therefore the direction I came from, mm-hmm. uh, very helpful, very, uh, useful tactic. Yeah. I think we're going to do, we'll probably do an episode on, on getting lost. There's, there's some crazy stories about why people get lost and kind of what becomes of them as a result. Mm-hmm. And it's not the, like I went left instead of right scenario. It's just, there's some weird stuff out there that I think is pretty interesting. And I think the woods, I think there's, before yeah. we move on, I think there's a lot of weird stuff in the woods. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think, I think the more time you spend in the woods, a lot of times, uh, the more you see, especially at night, you know, I always start at like four o'clock in the morning. So I, I like to start <laughs> in the dark and get a few hours in. Right. Um, I always joke that miles in the dark don't count, <laughs> but it's just like, it's nice to kind of beat the, beat the crowd oh, or yeah. beat the rush or whatever, man, the woods are a different place at night than they are during the day. And, uh, I think that there's always some very, just kind of bizarrity to it, weirdness, but, uh, yeah, I like that element right. about the woods. It's, I like that kind of unknown kind of, uh, the spookiness, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. The spookiness. For sure. Exactly. Okay. Well, hopefully between the tips about not dying, climb mountains, hopefully there's something helpful in there. Uh, definitely. Yeah, I appreciate your wisdom with that. But you know what? We've got, um, 
I focus on the on the dying part because that, let's be honest, it's gonna get more clicks. So I've got Mountain Death trivia coming up for you right after this. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you looking to be less sore, a stronger climber, or simply faster on the trail? Then check out the Training for Trekking podcast. These bite-sized episodes are full of excellent information that can improve your trail performance. He's specially trained in sports science and strength and conditioning to get your body in the right shape and prepared for adventure. Check out the Training for Trekking podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, Mountain Death Trivia is brought to you by Vacluse Gear. Do you have a sweat problem? When your clothes get wet, your core temperature can dramatically fluctuate. This can cause hyperthermia, heat exhaustion, dehydration, and embarrassment. Vaclusa's ultralight ventilation backpack frame solves this problem. Install it on your favorite patch to create a ventilating airflow gap. Check out this ultralight game changer at vaclusgear.com and use blisters or use code blisters for five bucks off. All right. So um, I, I tried to give you the heads up ahead of time. Heads up ahead of time. That's not very well said. But anyway, that if um, we have something on the line for the trivia, so I I think I share with you that if you lose, if you only get one or none out of three, um, you've got to uh, name drop backpacking and blisters in a future episode of your podcast. All right. So all right, done. All right. What happens if you win? What, what's what's on the line for me? If I win, you have to do a hundred push-ups right we, when we get off this phone call. Hundred push-ups. Okay, I'm not going to record that. That's that's going to be slow. No, no, don't record okay. it. But you, I want you to personally go do a hundred push-ups when we get off this phone until and don't stop until you're done. <laughs> not in a row, but you have to do a hundred push-ups in one one outing, one sitting. That's uh, that's your goal. That's my my bet for you. Okay, I love it. Um, I've already got my workout in for the damn exhaustion, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm game. That's what you came up with. I think that's fair. So it's just where my, where my, where my world lies. So yeah, that's what yeah, I'm, that's I, what I I'm giving you. Punish people with exercise, right? That's like the old PE style. So. I want you to have a nice successful day in the woods. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. So here we got three questions for you. Number one, what this is multiple choice. Number one is multiple choice. Multiple choice. What is the most common way hikers die in the mountains? Is it A, hypothermia, B, falls, C, altitude sickness, or D, they went missing, never found again? Uh, B, falls. No hesitation. B, falls. Yeah, that's the most common way to die in the mountains, on the trails, wherever. It's like like overwhelmingly the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt it felt like a, that would be the the no brainer question. Yeah, um, yeah. The other ones all make for better movies, but mm-hmm. uh, reality is different from from uh, Hollywood. Kind of. It depends on where you fall into, right? Like That's land true. of the lost. I don't know. They fell off a waterfall. Fell into like a dimension. 
Yeah, so if there's dimensions involved, you just got to be aware of that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, number two. Um, this is not multiple choice. This is fill in the blank. The area above 8,000 meters has a nickname called the blank zone. The alpine zone. The alpine. It's not right. It's, it's, not not right. Right. it's the death it's zone. Right. The, the death, death zone. The death zone. Yeah. Alpine zone is lower than that, but the death zone, got it. What's it? Wait, what is Alpine? What's the, what's the range? I think Alpine, Alpine is like 3,500 feet is what is that point? Okay. Something like that. I just thought it was like above. Maybe it's 4,000. I think it's, maybe it's above 4,000. Okay. That's what we, that's what it's on all of our signs here is when you're entering the Alpine zone, you're definitely not above tree line. Cause maybe I live at 6,200 feet and we're not above nice. tree line here. It doesn't feel like this feels just like a, not Alpine. Zone. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're one for two. You got to get this right. Here we go. Number three. According to Backpacking Magazine, which of the following made the top three pieces of gear hikers most frequently forget at home? I'm not sure how this relates to death, but uh, too bad. Here we go. Letter A, sleeping pads. B, first aid kit. C, knife. Or D, spoon? The question is worded so weird. Which of those made the top three list of gear that hikers leave at home? Yeah, so that means the rest of them were not in the top three. They weren't like a frequently left item. There's only one that's a frequently left item at home. But you you, you said this had to do with death. So that's why yeah, I was- Yeah, I said, uh, I said this was a bad question because it didn't relate uh, to death. Okay, I just sorry, it, I, just, I, wasn't, I wasn't putting all these uh, Yeah, these I was acknowledging that this doesn't quite relate with any got of the it, trivia. It, it, and that way- People won't call me out on it, but you just called yes. me out on it, so it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally butchered this uh, this segment here. But uh, hit me with the, the four answers, and now that I actually finally understand the question, and I'm yeah, not confused that's okay. You know, us teachers here, we can word questions confusingly. So, A sleeping pads, B first aid kit, C knife, D spoon. I feel like I know there is. Yeah, it's a lot on the line right now. Right now, I'm Sleeping feeling the pressure, pads, and I'm loving spoons, it. Spoons, knives, and first aid kit. Yeah, well, I mean, like, um, if I'm not taking them f- overnight, they're definitely not bringing a sleeping pad. But that seems like the too op- too obvious. Like, you're a guide. What are people forgetting a lot? Like, this Knife, I feel experience. like people have because they they that's kind of like a you know that's ingrained in us. Um, spoon. Yeah, okay. it's true. Too many gadgets and gizmos that that knife can do too. And it weighs so much. Um, not that I'm a gram weenie, but these things are usually pretty monstrous. Um, I'm going to say the sleeping pad is what I'm going to say. The sleeping pad, which is something my co-host uh, notoriously forgot, but it actually was the spoon. The spoon. The friggin' yeah. spoon. Yeah, that's, I've been on many a trip where um, it's either forgotten or... Or it's claimed to be forgotten, but it's really some buried in somebody's pack. So mm-hmm. a spoon is the answer. Or eating utensil, yeah. I guess, would, would work there. So one out of three, man, you started eating strong. Utensil. Yeah, I know. It start, started really strong, too, with that quick answer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went all downhill from there. That's okay. That's all right. So, um, all right. Well, Backpacking and Blisters podcast. Yeah, we'll listen to Backpacking and Blisters podcast. Unsubscribe from my podcast and subscribe to them. I'm, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Just say that. <laughs> that would have been, oh, that would have been some great stakes to throw in there. No, that wouldn't be very nice. You can subscribe to both podcasts. Yeah. See, that's the beauty. Podcasters are no, are not in competition with any other podcaster. I mean, we're kind of competition with time sort of, but like I'm a, you know, I got into podcasts because I love listening to podcasts. So mm-hmm. I'm in support of other podcasters other for sure. So, but people can listen to like all of the podcasts. So, you know, it's like <laughs> you're, not really po- you're not really in competition with people. Also, before we move on 
because this segment was brought to you by uh, Vaucluse. Uh, great guy, Brees over at Vaucluse. I use his stuff too. Yeah, there he you does, go. He does not sponsor my podcast. I just want to shout out and say fantastic product. Works really well. Okay. Highly recommend uh, from me as well over here on the East Coast, especially for the winter time when sweating is really crucial to not do. Right. Uh, it's, a, it's a real game changer. I highly recommend uh, those ventilation systems he's built. They're okay. great. Testimonial by somebody who's not sponsored. I think it's, it's hard to beat that. So there you go. Organic. Organic. We call that in the business. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. I'm, all right. Yeah, I love Breeze. I'm going to let him know uh, that you shared that. So. Okay, so tidbits. I just got one for this episode to kind of wrap things up. So we heard about what your podcast is all about. What do you have coming up on your podcast? Or is there anything else you want to share, kind of promote or pump up that we haven't gotten to? Uh, coming up, I don't have anything in particular to announce. I mean, come October, I always do these uh, episodes called the October Sessions, where I do all these like spooky um, you know, spooky stories from the Adirondacks or I'll tell, or I'll put out episodes that I call Adirondack campfire stories. So actually that's kind of fun. I have a ton yeah. of episodes on the show where basically I take, I just, I write my own campfire story and I tell the story, you know, and I add the sound effects. I add the music. It kind of looks like, and feels like an audio movie by the end. They take a mm -hmm. lot of time, but they're really fun. I also put different styles of episodes out. So, right. some, so I do, I've, I do episodes where they're a history about different, you know, Adirondack legends, characters, that is not like, not like legends as if like, did this happen or not, but like characters, people who like help build this park. Uh, I do episodes mm. that are conversations like this, where we're having a conversation. I do episodes about my adventures out in the park. That's more like a documentary style thing. I like to switch it up and all the time because I just like listening to all sorts of different types of podcasts. So I figured that's what I should do on my there show. It you know, mixes it up, but yeah. there's always something different coming uh, on this, on this show. There's always a new format being introduced. So that's what I would say. New formats. And I thought, yeah. And, and behind the scenes, we had a discussion about what this episode is going to be about. And I tried to link it to the October session stuff. And, you know, we could talk about all of uh, James's big, you know, Bigfoot encounters and um, how he avoids the different dimensions when falling off mountains and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But no, he wanted, he's like, no, 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 this is what it's going to be about. We got some mountain peak stuff. So you're going to have to wait till October to get that, the good stuff right there. Yeah. You can listen to a bunch of like last year's October sessions if you're into that like spooky in the woods sort of thing. <laughs> uh, they're fun. Right. And yeah, I, I love Bigfoot. I think that subject is really fascinating. For sure. Okay, we'll we'll bring it back on when we do a, a Bigfoot episode because I oh I don't dude I'll off. talk all day long about that subject. <laughs> That's I mean it's just so fascinating and sure. talk talk about a rabbit hole of yeah. a subject. Well, okay, let me let me ask you this: Have you ever? This is sort of related. It's related to your October sessions because you like mm -hmm. telling the campfire stories. Have you ever wandered into somebody else's camp and like held the flashlight under your chin, pointed upward, been like, "Hey," and tried to be like tried to be the guy? That's the spooky guy going into a stranger's camp. Uh, exactly zero times. Okay. Have I, have I done that? Unfortunately, right. but I'll have to add it to my list. No, 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 no. Um, next, that's next time. That's going to be on the line for the trivia is if you fail trivia, you'll have to go do that. Have to go tell them a story like unprompted with a flashlight thing. Come on. All right. Well, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> Super I'm sure I'll get awkward. lots of, lots of looks and then they'll like slowly kind of go into their tent and zip the tent and right. you'll hear them whispering. <laughs> And the 911 calls too, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, James, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and uh, check out his podcast, 46 of 46. And 
Yeah, like hope you come back on. Hey, happy to be here. This was fun, and uh, it was fun getting to just kind of riff about different different subjects and climbing right. mountains and being in the outdoors. Loved it. Had a great time. And Carl. rucking. And, and the rucking. rucking. Yeah, I'm going to go do some <laughs> rucking right now, uh, which is not just walking with a backpack. I guess it's something else. <laughs> so let me go learn. All right. Well, uh, that's all for us this week. God bless everybody. Have a good week. Oh, wow.